Hey, thank you for being with us today, and thank you for making us a part of your day. Listen, welcome to The Quest. It's always good to have you with us, especially if you're a guest. If you are a guest, we encourage you to scan the QR code. That QR code will help answer some of the questions that you might have about who we are as a church. It'll also allow you to connect with us if that's something that you would like to do. It's always good to get to spend time together. One of the things that we always remind everybody of, and that's this. First of all, all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is scan Fresno Quest Church on any of the podcast platforms that you're a part of, and you'll find us there. Before we get into the talk today, how about if we pray together? Prayer is such an important part of who we are, and we're so grateful that God allows us to come to Him with all the needs in our lives, and not just come to Him, but know that He answers. Just recently, we had somebody in our church that came down with COVID, and they were very sick and hospitalized, in fact, and they ended up only being in the hospital for a couple of days. And we know that God touched them, but we also know that we came together as a body. We prayed for this individual. So we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. What a great privilege we have to get to pray for one another, to get to come to a loving Father who cares about us. So let's pray together. Father, first of all, we begin by thanking you for answering all the prayers that you have. Father, we thank you for healing those that have been sick. We thank you for rescuing those that have needed your touch, for coming into our lives and for touching us just in the place and just in the way that we needed you. We too often forget to say thank you. You know all the times that we have come to you with prayers that you've answered, Father, and we just say thank you. Thank you for caring about the needs of our lives. Thank you for caring about us. And Father, I just lift up our time together. I ask that you would speak through this talk, that you would encourage our hearts, and that you would help us to connect with you, help us to trust you, help us, Lord, to allow your word to shape our lives today. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're beginning a brand new series today entitled The Wonder Years, and you might be familiar with that series title from the TV series title with the same name. Now, the TV series is about the social and family life of a boy in a stereotypical American suburb middle-class family when times were less like what they are today. Life is so much more simple when we're kids. It's not that our problems were less, it's that we handled them differently. We didn't tend to analyze people and their motives. We understood that people had bad days and we gave them space. We tended to take our friends at their word. We may not have understood why people acted the way that they did, but the great thing was we didn't have to understand. We didn't seek to understand, really. These were years of innocence where we were more spontaneous. Life was filled with imagination and curiosity. We were willing to forgive and willing to trust. Something tragic happens as we become adults. We tend to lose those things. When you're a kid, the holidays are filled with fun, friends, adventure, and wonder. And here's something you can write down in your notes. Wonder allows us to live in the moment, not the past. Most people live in the past rather than in the moment, rather than in the present. As adults, we tend to live from the past, past hurts, past regrets, past failures. And the past hurts tell us not to trust. Don't be vulnerable. Don't be authentic. Don't trust. Don't grow. Past failures tell us not to risk. Don't go all in. Keep people at arm's distance. Prepare yourself for a letdown. Here's the problem, though. When we live in the past, and you can write this down, where there's no wonder, there's no gratitude. Have you ever noticed that? When there is no sense of amazement of God, there's no gratitude towards God. There's no recognition of wonder. There's no awareness of wonder. Nothing amazes us. Nothing impresses us or moves us anymore. We tend to be out of touch. We don't notice the gifts of God around us. And the reason, I think, is because we're focused on things like the bills, 
The busy schedules, the dirty dishes, the kids' schedules, problems in our life, problems in our world. David said this way, he said, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. He forgives all of my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. I love the fact that David says he saved me, he's loved me, and he's blessed me. He is in touch with God's goodness. And I think one of the things that we hear David saying is this. Don't miss the opportunities that you've been given to be grateful. God, don't let me miss all of the reasons I have to be grateful. Thanksgiving needs to be a daily experience. It needs to be more than a holiday that we celebrate once a year. I want to challenge you to make gratitude and thanksgiving a daily mindset in your life. In all we face and whatever we face, there's always something to be thankful for. We just have to look for it. We have to be willing to look for it. We need to be in touch with it and aware of it. That's what it tells us in Thessalonians. It says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Gratitude is the condition of the heart that is nurtured in the circumstances of life, the good and the bad. And you can write this point down too. Gratitude is not about getting all that we want, but recognizing all that we have. Gratitude surfaces in our lives as we become aware of all the blessings that we have received from God. And I'm not just talking about volume. I'm talking about variety. It's not just the things that we have in our possession. It's also the people that we have. It's also the health that we have. It's also the opportunities that we have. It's looking at the whole of our lives and being aware of God's goodness. It's about being present and aware and in touch with the blessings that we have received. A great example of this is a story in the New Testament where Jesus encounters 10 lepers. You probably know the story really well, but it's a great illustration of what thankfulness and what gratitude look like. Now, to really understand what these lepers received from Jesus, we have to understand the disease that they carried. Leprosy is an infectious skin disease. It's contagious and it caused lepers to be shunned. They had open oozing sores. Lepers many times experienced disfigurement on their skin and their bones and their hands. Not just did they have scars on their faces, but they had thickening of the skin and the nose would collapse. And these deformities develop in lepers because they've lost their pain sensation due to nerve damage. Because it was contagious in the Old Testament, it gives guidelines for how lepers are supposed to live their lives. It's pretty tragic. Listen to what it says. Those who suffer from leprosy must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouths and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. Now put yourself in these people's shoes. You talk about being in lockdown and the depression and the discouragement that comes from being locked down. These people were locked down, but they were also shunned and they were isolated without family. Not only was their body deformed, so was their emotional life and their social life. If you've ever felt alone without family and without friends, then you understand what these lepers are going through. More than understanding the circumstance, you understand these individuals, these men in the story. The pain they carried in their body was great, but probably just as great was the pain in their heart. They were hopeless and helpless. They were not living life. They were spectators of other people's lives. And here's how the encounter with Jesus plays out. It says, while Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he was going through the area between Samaria and Galilee. And as he came into a small town, 10 men 
who were lepers met him there. They did not come close to Jesus, but called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when Jesus saw the men, he said, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as the ten men were going, they were healed. They asked Jesus for what they didn't have, health and mercy. They didn't have mercy because they walked in the judgment of other people. They needed compassion and they needed help in their hopelessness. I believe an important point to this story is this. All the lepers displayed faith in Jesus with their obedience to Jesus. See, our faith has to have activity. Faith is more than believing God. It's the action of our belief in God. Doing what Jesus asked of them was their obedience. It showed that they had faith in Jesus. Yeah, it might have been a small act, but remember what Jesus said. He said this, I tell you the truth, if you only had faith even as small as a mustard seed, nothing would be impossible. When it comes to faith, only a small amount is actually needed. So when it comes to your faith, what is God asking of you? What is the step of obedience that you're challenged with? Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus or maybe you're not surrendered to Jesus. You might be unsure of giving God control of your life. You might even be uncertain of making God number one in your life. Or maybe you're waiting for the perfect circumstances in your life to do what God is asking of you. Listen, when it comes to God's activity in our lives, write this down. Every miracle of Jesus was a byproduct of someone's faith in Jesus. I want to encourage you to allow your circumstances to inspire you to do what God is asking of you. When Jesus steps into the chaos, when Jesus steps into the need of our lives, it is because of the faith in our lives. Not just belief, but our ability to trust and to act on what Jesus says. I want to encourage you to allow your circumstances, your condition, to inspire you to do what God is asking of you. So the story continues, and it says this, When one of them saw that he was healed, he went back to Jesus, praising God in a loud voice. And then he bowed down at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And this man was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, Weren't ten men healed? Where are the other nine? Is this Samaritan the only one who came back to thank God? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I think this is an important issue. You know, Gratitude doesn't come naturally or all 10 lepers would have responded with it. Gratitude is something that is nurtured in our life. It's something that develops in our life. It's something that we have to allow to develop and we have to work into our life. If we look at the definition of gratitude, it's this. It's the action of appreciation of something received. Gratitude is more than a feeling. It's what we do with our appreciation. It's the action of our appreciation. Gratitude is also a response to the kindness of another. It's not just about focused on what we're looking for, or what we've received. It's a response that recognizes the kindness of someone who has blessed us. Gratitude is also never silent. Just as faith has to have an expression in our lives, so does gratitude. Gratitude has to have an expression. It doesn't just happen. It has to have an intentional response, a calculated reaction. So how do we nurture gratitude? I think one of the ways is this. You can write this down. We recognize the goodness in life as a gift from God. I mean, where does the goodness in your life come from? At some point, if we're going to respond with gratitude to God, we have to recognize that the goodness in our lives comes from God. We have to acknowledge who gets the credit for the goodness in our life. That's what happens in this story when it says this, when one of them saw that he was healed, he went back to Jesus, praising God in a loud voice. 
and he bowed down at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He connected the blessing that he received to Jesus. He was fully aware, present, in touch with what he had encountered and where it came from. In James, it reminds us this. It says that every good and perfect gift is from above. And that may sound very simple, but the, but the issue is there's a lot of times that we don't take the goodness in our lives as from God in our lives. What we do is we say, you know, I worked really hard for that, or I sacrificed a lot for that, and I did this for that. So the bottom line is we take the credit. We don't recognize that the goodness in life always comes from God in our life. Other people blame God for the bad in their life, and they take credit for the good in their life. Few people actually connect God with the goodness that they encounter in life. So when we don't connect God with the goodness that we encounter, there's no place for gratitude. There's no response of gratitude. How we respond to God's goodness says a lot about our connection with God. David says this in Psalms. He says, I cannot count the times when you have faithfully rescued me from danger. I will tell everyone how good you are. And of your constant daily care, I walk in the strength of the Lord God. I tell everyone that you alone are just and good. Listen, the goodness of God requires a response from us in our lives. We've got to be able to connect the goodness, to recognize the goodness, even when sometimes the goodness is masked in difficulty. Sometimes what's good for us is not something that we want to go through. Sometimes we have to look extra hard, but the goodness of God is always present. Something else happens when we don't give God the credit for his blessings in our lives. Well, this happens. You can write it down. The absence of praise from us turns into pride within us. When we don't give credit, we hold the credit. We take the credit that belongs to God. Honor, recognition, and worth need to be our expression to God for the blessings of God. When we are truly grateful, we are looking for opportunities to love on the one who's loved us. We're looking for opportunities to bless the one who has blessed us. When we hold something that belongs to God, then we take the credit that belongs to God. It's the same way with our financial gifts to God. When we withhold from God what belongs to God, we miss an opportunity for gratitude or giving gratitude to God. Here's another thing that makes us grateful, and that's this. We follow our heart, not the crowd. We do what's right, not what everyone else is doing. We respond to the blessing no matter what others are doing. It said of this in the story, Jesus says, weren't 10 men healed? Where are the other nine? We have to be the one that decides to be grateful, even when other people are not. We personally make the decision to say, I will be the one that connects the goodness in my life to the God of my life. Maybe you wrestle with the thoughts, man, Dave, I don't want people to think that I'm weird. At some point, you have to decide who gets the credit of your life. The crowd says it's karma. The crowd says it's just circumstance. The crowd says it's just coincidence. But those connected to God understand it's the goodness of God. Gratitude makes us opportunists. Listen to what David says. He says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. David is looking for opportunities to thank God, to tell others about God. It's just like the scripture that we read at the very beginning where it says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he's done for me. He forgives all of my sins and he heals all of my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. 
David is looking for opportunities to tell of the goodness of God. He acknowledges the goodness of God, but he wants to speak of the goodness of God in his life. That is a grateful heart. So what are some action steps that we can take in our life to nurture and develop a sense of gratitude, a heart of gratitude? I think a few of them are this. First of all, we've got to take an inventory of God's goodness in your life. Living with a sense of awareness begins with intentional inventory. It's listing the things in life that you recognize come from God. It's recognizing all the blessings in your life and then acknowledging where those blessings come from. David says, He, God, fills my life with good things. Do you know that for sure in your life? That the good things in your life come from God? Is that something you hold to yourself or is that something that you tell other people? Are you giving God the credit or are you taking the credit? Are you holding on to the credit? When we're fixated on the bad, it's difficult to see the good in our lives. So as you take this inventory of all of the blessings that God has given, I want you to consider that you have life. I want you to consider that you have people in this life that love you. I want you to consider that you have family that loves you. I want you to consider that you have people around you. I want you to consider that you have a church that you belong to. I want you to consider that you may not have all that you want, but I want you to consider all that you already have. Listen, gratitude is your response to God in your life. You have a God who saved you. You have a God who loves you. You have a God who has blessed you. Here's another action step that we can take to nurture and develop gratitude, and that's this. Spend time thanking God for His goodness. Don't let pride set in. Don't hold on to what's not yours. Don't keep your expression of gratitude from God. Making time to talk with God is your expression of gratitude to God. If you happen to be one that's just beginning in your relationship with God, take that inventory list of all of God's blessings that you recognize in your life and thank God for each one of them. Tell God how much each one of them mean to you. And then as you become more experienced, as your connection with God grows, you'll start thanking Him for who He is, not just what He's done or what He's given you. Spend time with God thanking Him. That's what it says in Psalms. It says this, Give thanks to the Lord and pray to Him. You can never go wrong thanking God, spending time with Him, talking to Him. Our expression of gratitude has to be personal in our relationship. Here's another action step, and that's this. Give to God from a thankful heart. I know that this might seem weird to some, but gratitude is an action. It is a response. It seeks to bless those that have blessed us. When all we do is take, that is entitlement. We feel that we're receiving what we deserve. Gratitude acknowledges that we don't deserve the kindness of God. We don't deserve the kindness of others. So when we experience the blessings of God, we give back to God. Psalms 50 says this, give an offering to show your thanks to God. Give him what you promise. I want to encourage you to take a step of doing that, giving to God out of your thankfulness to God. Listen, all that you have, all the possessions that you have are a gift from God. They are the blessings of God. Your income, your ability to have an income is a blessing of God. That's why we give to God out of his blessings in a response of gratitude for the goodness that we've received. Here's another action step, and that's this. Make every day a Thanksgiving day. Thanksgiving was never designed to be just a day. 
We make Thanksgiving an event. Thanksgiving needs to be a lifestyle. Thanksgiving needs to be a mindset. Thanksgiving needs to be an expression of our daily life, the expression of our heart, the expression of our mouth, giving thanks to God, giving thanks to other people too as they have blessed our lives and we acknowledge their blessing in our lives. Colossians tells us this, let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all that he has done. How is your gratitude? Are you following your heart? Or are you following the crowd? Are you dealing with pride and holding on to what belongs to God? I want to encourage you to take some of these steps and I want to encourage you to give to God what belongs to Him. It's going to feel weird at first, especially because you're not used to hearing it come from your mouth. You're not used to seeing it come from your life. You have to be intentional. And it can start with something just as simple as when you something good happens in your life, in front of others, we respond, thank God. It can start with something just that simple. When it comes to the gifts that we have received, there's no greater gift that we have been given than the death of Jesus on the cross that paid the penalty for our sin. How do we respond with gratitude for that? The action of our life is the surrender of our life. Listen, God is the one who gave you life. So make your life about Him. God has blessed your life in so many ways. And yes, some of it is disguised. Some of it is difficult to see as a blessing of God, but we understand that God causes everything to work together for our good. God is always at work in our life. I want you to encounter the wonder of God in your life and to be aware and alert to the goodness of God in your life. Because out of the wonder that you experience, gratefulness will be your response. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you for your blessings in our lives. No longer do we want to hold on to what belongs to you. But Father, we want to give freely what is yours. Father, you deserve our praise. You deserve our gratitude because you have done nothing but bless our lives. Father, we acknowledge at this moment that the goodness in our lives comes from you in our life. And because you have given life, we give to you our lives. For those that are just beginning this relationship and making their lives about you, I ask that you would help them surrender. Help them to give to you what belongs to you. Help them to bless you as you have blessed them. Father, may our lives reflect the blessings that you've given. Father, may our actions demonstrate the blessings. And may our lives demonstrate the gratitude that we have for all that you've done in our lives. Father, help us to make every day a day of thanksgiving. Help us to live with a mindset. Help us to live with a heart set on thanksgiving. May we dig deep, may we look hard. May every day be the adventure and the wonder of discovering your blessing and expressing our gratitude to you. We ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, there's gonna be a learning curve on this. This is gonna be one of those things that you have to develop. It's gonna be one of those things that you're gonna to practice. And you're not gonna get it every single time, but you have to start nurturing, taking steps, and taking daily intentional steps to being grateful and acknowledging the goodness of God in your life and giving God the credit for your life. I just wanna to continue to remind you, as we talk about the goodness of God in our lives, one of the expressions of God's goodness is the people of God that he's brought into our lives. And that comes in the form of a connection group. And I wanna encourage you to get into a connection group and experience 
the love of other people, to experience the support of other people, to experience the prayer and the encouragement that other people provide as we walk together in our walk with God. I also want to thank you for blessing the church financially as you express your gratitude to God in your financial gifts to the church. Thank you so much. As we express gratitude, I know that God honors your faithfulness. And I just want to encourage you to continue to be faithful. Take that intentional steps of giving to God what belongs to Him. I also want to remind you, if you have any needs in your life, if you need someone to pray with you, scan the QR code. That QR code will allow you to connect with us so we can pray with you. It'll allow you to give online. It'll allow you to seek out information about connection groups. It'll allow you to take next steps. We would love to connect with you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for making us a part of your day. And listen, I just wanted to tell you, thank you for being in my life. You are a blessing of God. And for you, I'm grateful. Thank God for you. Listen, have a great week. Have a great Thanksgiving day. Every day. God's best. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.